listening to This Is My Story. I'm Ruth O'Reilly-Smith. This show is all about sharing stories of how God's amazing love has changed lives forever. I, I didn't believe that I would ever get the chance to meet my first grandson. And in a big Irish family, that is such a huge thing. Today's episode is with David Cole, author of the book Letters to William. After becoming estranged from his daughter, David began writing letters to his newborn grandson, William. When David was younger, he had a special relationship with his own grandfather and looked forward to the day he would have grandchildren of his own, even going so far as to think about what he would like his grandchildren to call him. In our family, everybody's called, and the history of the family is Papa, Grandpa, and there's all over the place, right? Everybody's got a little pet name, or the child will develop their pet name. Well, a friend of mine, 20 plus over 20, 30 years ago, we were sitting and we were talking about grandchildren, and he said, I want to be called Grandpa Chan. And I said, that is the most best name I've ever heard. And he said, don't use it. I want to use it. And I said, okay, first one to the grandkid wins. And I loved it because it was different. I loved it because I thought about the conversation that my grandchildren would have with their mom and dad saying, mom, I want to go to Grandpa Chance. And I wanted that experience to be so different and so special and so unique. And just as my relationship was with my grandparents, I, I relished the moments with them. And they were always asking me to do things different than what I would get at home. Like my grandpa, we lived on a farm and my grandpa would say, hey, you got weird arms, climb up that tree with a chainsaw and cut that limb down. And I was four years old. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think my mom would like that. And he goes, yeah, she won't. Go up that tree and cut that down. <laughs> and those are those moments that I wanted to be grandpa champ with my grandchildren. And I get the privilege to do is to be that, to be that moment of opportunity to push them beyond their comfort zone uh, as safe as I could do it, but as far as I could do it to say, it's okay. You'll never have to worry about falling too far. I'll be here. David and his daughter Kate had never had a particularly good relationship, and David looks back at the dysfunctional relationship with Kate's mother as the beginning of the issues between them. The relationship I had with her mother, which was so not good, and we believed that if we just aimed our weapons at each other in our marriage, that it would be no blowback on our children. But ultimately, this led to a situation in adulthood where Kate wanted to cut ties with her father. It wasn't one overt, horrible event. In my situation, it was a, it was a cause and effect of a thousand micro cuts that finally became a macro situation for my daughter to say, I can't anymore. I can't. And taken as one or two or 10 or a hundred micro cuts, every family has them. But what we don't realize is there's an accumulation effect to those, those hurts. It was so hard for me initially because I felt so much guilt and so much shame. And I didn't, I felt embarrassed in big family outings. And I'm 
I'm probably not going to, that's not going to become a surprise emotion to anybody. During this fallout, David's daughter made it clear that she wanted nothing to do with him. She was expecting a baby, and David was told in no uncertain terms that he would not be part of his new grandchild's life. I always thought it was going to be, oh, it'll, she'll come back before, before the child's born, we'll reconcile, we'll figure this out, and it'll be okay. And what happened was the first day turned into 30 days, into 60, into a year, into two. And I, I needed a way to deal with this emotion and pain. And the more I realized, Ruth, that for so many years, I fought to be right. And I fought to, to get the stipulation of if you do this, then we'll be fine. And what I realized was I had to stop. And I had to really look inward and really go deep into who I am and who uh, I really wanted to be. And once you get to that point in estrangement, uh, you realize that, wait a minute, it's not about them, it's about my healing. And I have to heal first before I demand them to heal above and before me. Nine months pass, still no resolution with his daughter, and David receives the news he's been waiting for in a text message from his son. I came back on a flight, uh, on a business trip, on the red eye, and my son texted me saying, your grandson was born today. His name is William Thomas. And I sat in the, in the flight and I wept. And I wept for the guilt, for the shame, for the feeling that I had failed. And that night, I sat in my kitchen table in the darkened room and toasted my first grandson. It was so weird for me because I knew I had to get out from it within into something else. And I just grabbed a pen and I wrote him that first letter. And I told him how much we loved him and how happy we were that he was here and that one day we will soon uh, be able to hold each other. One letter became two, became ten. These letters became a cathartic release. In the initial letters, they were more mundane. They were more, how's your day? And, oh, it's it's cold out, it's raining out. So I was it was much more of that superficial attempt at connecting to that spiritual side of the relationship versus the physical. So I tried to, I was just starting to write and what I realized, I would grab the pen without any determined end in mind. And I would just allow the pen to move. And where the pen went is where I allowed it to go. And I know that sounds crazy and I'm not a writer. I'm not, I'm a business guy. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew if I told myself, just let the pen find its way. And soon the, le the letters and the, and the moments as I wrote went from mundane to, I started to panic. And I started to think, who's gonna tell this story 
that my grandpa told my dad that my dad told me and that who's going to know about those funny moments in our existence or those amazing what i call birth stories those when you were he, when you were born this is what we were doing or here's a great story about grandpa or grandma that we tell and retell all the way through and with that deepening sense of his role to play in william's life he began to panic about who would share some key life lessons with his grandson so i took a very purposeful turn in my letters to say i'm going to try to define for william the moments that i would have that I would have already told him and or I would have whispered to him your first year I'd be telling you this so I we start I started telling him the story of how his mom was born and how let me tell you the day that was so hard for me when my grandpa died and then we started in each one of the letters purposely uh more by accident in the beginning started to take on a coaching moment a teaching moment a life moment a a grandfather's hope at immortality to say if you do this this is what i screwed up but do this and think about this and treat others this way and uh not from a position of expertise but a position of experience and 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 trying to share some pathways and those letters became much more purposeful and hilarious and painful Writing these letters over many months, David began to look inside himself. With much prayer, he developed a deep sense of humility and began to see how he had contributed to the breakdown in the relationship with his daughter. Once you find your ability to say, just a second, I got to stop blaming someone else. I have to. I have to find a place back where that mirror can come back to me and say why would Kate my oldest daughter let go of the family tree limb how could this be possible and what if just maybe i'm the cause what if just maybe it's not her mother maybe if it's just maybe it's not this other extenuating situation maybe i could be a part of it and once you open that crack of possibility you become aware that okay well maybe there is something and what i started to really come to grips with was maybe it is me maybe it was me and then more prayer and more possibility and the more i started the pen started to find different things on paper and the stories changed some and once david began to heal emotionally he began to look outward thinking of how his writing could help others and even possibly open the door to reconciliation with kate I thought initially it was just going to be for me but the more I wrote the more possibility that kept becoming that maybe there's a better message maybe I'm being drawn or there's going to be something that will good will come out of my pain that can illuminate the path for someone else I attempted early on to use 
my son is a go-between to my daughter saying, hey, dad's writing some letters. I, th I thought initially they would become a possibility of reconciliation, that she could see some of these. And uh, she never wanted to. Over the space of two years, David continued writing letters to William. And then there was an opportunity for reconciliation with his daughter, which eventually led to a wonderful moment. He finally got to meet his grandson. It was not expected, obviously. It was such a surprise, and it was such an amazing thing on Good Friday. And what I learned that day I met him is how I've tr transitioned it to even today, is he didn't cry about what was lost. When he met me, he did not, he was only two, a little over two at the time. He did not say to me, Grandpa, I wish I had this, I, we lost all this. He just sat down and he showed me his cars. He sat down and he, he, he wanted me to read a book. And that was the moment that I learned about this is we, we, we all suffer that travesty of, I wish I would have had more, I wish I would have had this, but all the while sitting right here in our most precious commodity, which is right now and taking advantage of the moment. So with William, it is constantly, my favorite thing in the world is to hear him call me Grandpa Champ because I never thought I'd hear it. And it's those little moments in, of our lives that we leave flexible intentionality for. And I always get in arguments with my wife. She wants to uh, plan the, the memory and I'm saying, it's gonna happen. It'll come however it's gonna come and it's gonna be beautiful. Let's just allow this, let's the, this time to be where it's supposed to be. William is, he's four years old, four and a half, and now he is just the most amazing little monkey I've ever seen. And how would David describe the relationship with his daughter now? Uh, perfectly imperfect. And I say this at the end of the book for, ve for very big reasons is we, we set up these fantastical relationships that we expect that, oh, it's going to be this. And uh, we, we allow each other to be not holding each other to those stipulations anymore. And it's still precious. I refer to it almost like a soap bubble. When you see a child carrying a soap bubble, the first thing a child wants to do is hold it so it doesn't break. And we, we are petrified, both of us, that we're, we may do something that'll break that soap bubble. And we've, we've had to let that go and say, just be you. Just allow the relationship to be what it needs to be. And each one of our seven children uh, through this process are, are in their moments and they're, it's such an amazing family. And I talk about this in the book, but with Kate, uh, I never want to assume anything more than the moment of today. And that was our commitment. That was our promise to each other. But I was brought up to always look at these moments as there's something here. And it may be difficult to see today, but there will be something from this uh, if you keep your faith in front of you. And my mom would always say, be fearless. Be fearless. And I never really 
understood it. And for so many years, I was, I thought it was just a weird thing that she would kept telling me, but she would always say, be fearless. And that if you're fearless in your faith, you'll become more able to deal with these moments. I talk about prayer a lot. I'm, you know, another line that my dad would always say is, you know what, there's always room for a hip, another hypocrite next to me in church. Uh, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I never want to be a, a, attached to it because I know who I am, but I'm in a constant battle of becoming a better version than I was the day before. And this, this experience has really solidified it. And so, David is reunited with his grandson, William, and well on the way to a restored relationship with his daughter, Kate. And he carries with him divine wisdom from the journey that he's been on. We're all on our individual journeys. We all are. And there's a plan and there's an opportunity and there are moments. But I think the most important moment to me is when we can say, it's not you. Stop blaming others for the pain. There is a cause and effect. And sometimes you just got to throw it away and say, yep, that's that's her emotional deal. That's hers. I can't fix that. But what if I fix this? Once you realize that it's it's okay to not be perfect in your in your relationship, it's okay to not be a perfect parent, but try to be better than I was the day before then I don't set up false expectations. I don't set up false uh, premises. And I don't let evil win so early because they, pride wants to come in and blame wants to come in. And those are easy doors for evil, evil to open, especially in today's environment. You, you deserve what you deserve better. You deserve better. And it's like, wait a minute. I deserve only to be a better version than I was before and also know that I need a lot of help to get there. I realized how much I took for granted my beautiful family growing up. Family is, is like the comforter that sits on the back of your couch. And most of the time you don't need it and it's old and it's raggedy and it kind of, you always wondered why you still have it. But when you're cold or shivering, you reach for that blanket, that family, and it comes around you and it comforts you. been listening to This Is My Story with David Cole, author of the book Letters to William, the journey of healing through the pain of estrangement. Today's episode was hosted by me, Ruth O'Reilly-Smith, produced and edited by Ed Jervis, production support on the show by Lynn Bolden and Toso Haruna. Special thanks to William Jones. Please follow or subscribe. And for more UCB podcasts, you can download the UCB Player app or search UCB wherever you get your podcasts. Music